3: The Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. If
4: you are hell bent for podcasting, well, the time is now, the place is here, and this is the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my oh so festive friend, Chris Sinzak. Merry Christmas, brother.
0: Merry Christmas to you. I'm in a festive mood, so why not talk about Judas Priest during Christmas?
4: That's right, it is the gift that keeps on giving, after all, and the first four or five albums by Judas Priest are something that I treasure, and so we're going to have a really good time talking about that today. You know, we did this a couple of weeks ago with uh, Wally Gator from the CGCM podcast when we did The Best and Worst of Motley Crue, and so we thought, you know, that was so much fun, people dug it so much, we know our listeners love the early Judas Priest, and so today we're going to do that, The Best and Worst. Of seventies priest, it's going to be a good one.
0: Yeah, we have an awesome guest joining us today, and we'll get to that in just a minute. We have some business to take care of first.
4: That's right. Before we get to all the fun, we're going to take care of our business, and you know us. Our business—it's iTunes reviews, PodChaser reviews, Facebook recommendations. However, you want to do it, we'll take it. It is the season of giving. Give us a review. We're begging for it. We got a couple of great ones here today because when they're great, we got to share them here's a couple of them right here this one's entitled listening since the beginning it's got all five stars it's an itunes review hi guys long time listener as a matter of fact was the first geek of the week way back for ordering a couple of t-shirts i listen every week and love the show however The most recent episode discussing rhythm sections had me yelling at my phone. (laughs) We knew that would happen.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, we predicted it.
4: And Twistle and Moon at number 17. Are you guys nuts? Both redefined their instruments and were phenomenal musicians. For me, they are easily a top three choice. Anyway, happy holidays. And keep the great content coming. And that comes to us from Adam. It's an awesome Apple Podcast review from right here in the good old USA.
0: Thanks for the review, nice words, and uh, your your hatred of uh, of our pick is kind of what we were banking on. We wanted people to get upset by some of these picks, and it seemed to work. But yeah, I mean, it's always so subjective, you know. I mean, right. it um it was a fun one to do, and you know, and I, I could go back and probably do my list completely different if we did it now so oh, I, totally. it, it just changes
4: in retrospect i definitely would change a few things of the way i did it but you know like i said we had 20 picks right off the top and then we went to 40 on the chris and aaron show for the decibel geek vips over on patreon and yep. it gets even funnier in part two because You know, we get to cut loose a little bit more. But yeah, I think I would probably go back and I would agree with Adam and think that in Twistle and Moon should have definitely been way higher than 17. It does seem kind of outrageous when you look at it like that. (laughs)
0: if you're not a patreon vip go to patreon.com look for Despel geek because you'll want to hear the other half of the picks we had and adam i'll agree with you because during that half of the show i think i yelled at aaron a couple of times
4: yeah yeah the f- save your fury and your rage for the chris and aaron show for part two of that
0: <laughs> yeah that's blood money which i
4: did not induct bobby doll and ricky rocket as you're trying to tell everybody i did <laughs> But yeah, awesome episode last week. A lot of fun. Glad we got to do that. Hey, before we move on to our favorite other people, I've got one more review here. You want it? It's Christmas, right? Yeah, why not? We deserve it. Here we go. This one is a Podchaser review. Check out Podchaser. They're awesome website where you can review your favorite podcasts and also break it down episode by episode. So if you, you loved us during the Best and the Worst of Motley Crue, but you hate us during the Rhythm Section draft, Then you can break it down and let us know both ways. This one's got all five pink stars, and it comes to us from Screamin' Stevie G. And it goes like this. This is by far my favorite podcast. I listen to these guys, and it's like having a music discussion over a beer in a local bar. Nothing pretentious and entirely rock and roll. Keep on keeping on. We got that one just a couple of days ago, so what a perfect... Christmas gift for the decibel geek podcast a couple of sweet reviews you know if you want to leave us one we will greatly appreciate it if it's awesome like these we will definitely read them on the show
0: yeah thanks so much for doing those and guys, uh, you can review us on Facebook remember that we haven't gotten one in a long time oh, yeah, recommendations so, uh, yeah so please uh, take care of that keep them coming on no matter what the platform and uh, thanks again and uh last piece of business our geeks of the week. The people that shared on Facebook retweeted on Twitter last week's rhythm section draft that we just mentioned. Geeks of the week this week are Adam Cox, David Glenn, Mike Parnell, Shay Hargett, Decibel Geek TV, Rockin' Ron Runyon, The Bakery Podcast, Aaron Baker, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Alan Deshaun, David Cathy, Hakan Bergstad, At Linet, John AFC, Keith Rockford, Anxiety Descending, Eladio, JJ McElhenny, JGP, Body of the Soul, Doug Fox, Stick Stickman, Focus on Metal Podcast, Vet Halen, and as always. The Mooger Mooger Fugger.
4: Some weeks we're right on the money with that. Other times we just can't seem to hit it right. The Mooger Fugger. We love that guy. And we love everybody else that shares and retweets our episodes each and every single week. That's why they're Geeks of the Week, and that's how you could become one, too.
0: Yes. And uh, time to introduce our special guest today to talk 70s Judas Priest with us. He's not only an amazing Kiss book and soon-to-be Aerosmith book author— He's also the host of the Kiss a FAQ podcast and the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast. It is the one, the only Julian Gill. Hey, Julian.
1: Hey, thanks a lot for having me on the show, guys. It, I I thoroughly enjoyed listening to those reviews. Those they were, were awesome. Really
0: good. Oh uh, yeah, we yeah. we like them when the, when they're good. Yeah, when they're nice, they're they're even more fun to read. You know it. <laughs> so uh, so we hit you up kind of last minute on this, but uh, you I and I was fishing for uh, possible possible contributors so that's and you were one of the first people to join in I went on Facebook just like who else loves 70s Priest?" and you were on it right away so uh, I get a feeling this this era of the band is very near and dear to your heart
1: mm-hmm. this is my preferred era of the band and mm-hmm. I saw you post that I'm like boom I'm putting my <laughs> name down if my name gets picked I'm this I'm just looking forward to an excuse to talk about Judas priest awesome heck yeah
4: this is my favorite era of priest as well it wasn't the era that I was introduced to or came up with but nowadays looking back man these first five priest albums are hard to beat
0: it's weird it's like gonna be three for three because i they're at this point in time they're that's the ear i go to the most
4: yeah for sure i'm looking at this thinking maybe we should just call this one the best and the more best of judas priest in the 70s because there's really not a lot of worst that we're going to come across <laughs> here today
0: yeah there's there's no time for change on on this uh discography like we had with Motley Crue. <laughs> All right Julian so were you into them back in the in the 70s or did you come to them later like we did?
1: Oh, I came to them later. And oddly, you know, living in England, I didn't get into them in England. It was in America after I moved there um, that I discovered them. And I was at a lake house uh, on a friend upstate New York. And his brother, his older brother, was playing uh, a song. And it stuck with me for years. And I didn't know who it was. And I kept trying to find out who this song was. It kept it resonated in my head for five years. Finally, in 85, I got into the band with uh Turbo. And went back and bought the back catalog, and then I discovered that song that he'd been playing in 1980 at the Lake House, and it was United. And I was like, "Oh, wow, that's the song!" You know. So it was it was fun to go back and discover that they'd impacted me for five years and sent me on this wild goose chase of trying to ask you my friends do you know this song it goes (laughs) like this and no one did because everyone was listening to Duran Duran at that time Mm -hmm. so uh you know I I went back through the catalog from there and uh kind of got stuck into the 70s a lot more than the 80s stuff
0: yeah Aaron same for you wasn't it yeah
4: pretty much I mean my introduction to Judas Priest was uh my cousin Robin's cassette tapes, and he had, like, I don't know, the 80s stuff. He didn't have a lot of this. I think he started with uh, British Steel and Onward. And so I kind of liked them, didn't really get into them when I was younger. I had a buddy that had the cassette tape, a Turbo, and we swapped for a week, and I was jamming on that. I'm like, okay, Priest, Priest ain't too bad. But then when I started getting older and really started getting into Priest, and started going back further because I mean, I knew their popular stuff. I didn't know nothing about the band really. And as we go through the list, you know, we'll see which ones really stand out to each one of us individually. But these are the ones I go back to the most often. I mean, there's great stuff throughout the entire Judas Priest career and disc- discography, all the way up to Firepower that just came out a year or so ago. But man, for me, anytime any day I can listen to this stuff and I could feel good about it. Yeah. Love me the old early priest, but I, yeah, I didn't come up with it.
0: I didn't either. And I got into, uh, the way I got into priest was, uh, through headbangers ball in the eighties. Cause, uh, and it wasn't anything new that they had out at the time. I really got into headbangers ball. I want to say 1986, 87, around 86, I think. And, all the way through the late eighties, they would, uh, you've got another thing coming. The video would get played like regularly on headbangers ball, yeah. uh, regardless if they had anything new out or not. It just, for some reason, that was one of their favorite videos to play. And it just sort of just work, wormed its way into my head. And I bought the, uh, that, the, yeah, the fir- two of the first CDs that I bought with my own money in the store were kiss Unmasked and Judas priest screaming for vengeance. And, of course, unmasked didn't get a lot of play at my house at the time, but uh, Screaming for Vengeance did, and uh, but yeah, I, I didn't get into the the 70s era stuff, Pro geez, till probably maybe about 15 years ago, I think. Some uh, friend of mine gave me the stained glass on vinyl at the time, and I didn't know much about that early. I mean, I knew certain songs because some of those songs were still popular later on, but uh, didn't really dig into them until about 15 years ago when I got that album and then sort of just started buying them all at that time. That kind of fell in love with the band.
4: Yeah, stay in class. will do it. Yeah. Hand somebody that and let them go. You're off.
0: Yeah. And uh, But yeah, so I mean, let's. Uh, you guys ready to Just to jump into Rock and Rolla 1974?
4: Let's do it.
0: Okay. So this album, debut album released September 6, 1974 on Gull Records produced by Roger Bain. Who worked on Black Sabbath's first two, first three albums, and this album is the only one to feature drummer John Hinch. Thank God for that. Um, I'm I'll go. I'll, I might be going and be the bad guy on this one. I do not like this album. Wow. I uh, it has moments that I kind of like, but and then I, I started reading up on it, and I didn't even know this. Apparently, you know, because Glenn Tipton he joined really close to when they made this record, and he brought the songs tyrant epitaph and the ripper and roger baines goes no we're not going to put these on the record and it's like what are you thinking man um this album does not do much for me overall it's got its moments um but most this is the one i hardly ever go back to i just just don't dig it and uh, i'll pick my best and worst and i'll let you guys go first
4: i actually do like this album a lot there's four songs on this album that i wouldn't want to live without the rest of it I mean there is some kind of odd stuff on here but i mean it's judas priest they haven't really become the judas priest that we all know and love yet we're going to discover today that this is going to be a a projection thing that's going to it's going to happen over time little by little they're going to become judas priest but i don't think they're really quite there yet on this one this is the very beginning but man there's there's some great songs on here for me i think the best song on the debut album is still one of my favorite Priest songs of them all and it's the song Never Satisfied I think is by far the best song on this album we
2: are never
0: That was my pick too
1: and that one's the most priesty of yes. the songs on the album, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, I disagree with Chris on the drumming. I actually think John Hinch is a great pocket drummer. He's really tight, compact, nuanced, very basic. He, he's not a drummer's drummer. But for what he's doing on this material, he is very, very basic. I mean, it's almost like, you know, four on the floor and that's it. You know, just very limited kits and going with it from there. You know, like a, almost like a session guy just coming in. Yeah. I, I love the guitar work on this album throughout yeah. because it's not yet a team. You've got Ken and then you've got Glenn and they don't really know their places. So they're not in perfect synchronicity yet so um you know and and it's a hybrid because of Al Atkins. so uh, my favorite off this song from the first time i heard this album is run of the mill it is just mm. epic who would have thunk that a band like priest would be capable of that sort of composition and and structure straight out of the gate i, I mean it's a horrendously complex song and lyrically you know, it's just, just something about it when he kind of sneers and sings, should I give sorrow or turn around and sneer or stare or whatever the, the word is in it. it. It's actually a song that's in my life top ten.
4: for a priest song for sure it's like if you didn't know that this was judas priest you might not know that that's a priest song you know if somebody were to play it for you and say tell me who this is you know other than maybe the rob Halford signature vocals but it's it's way outside the box for anything priest has ever even done since
0: well and the funny thing is is that's one of the ones that tipton did bring into into the band um but i think there was a lot of collaboration on that song, but that and like there's certain things on these first couple of records that are they're almost prog-ish, yeah, you know. And um, I'm not a pro- I'm not a prog fan, so therefore, I, of course, I'm not into this record as much. I don't like the dry production. I think it's it worked okay for Sabbath because I thought Tony Iommi could get a much grittier, crunchier sound on his own through his gear. This there's a lot of kind of I don't know. The production on this record is not for me. And you're right though. It, I shouldn't blame. I shouldn't blame the drummer for for not liking the material cuz it's not really his fault. I mean he did a capable job, but I don't know, it's your it's all this album's kind of like baby pictures. It's like they're you're not really seeing them as they were fully developed. So um weird, but yeah, never satisfied definitely my favorite song and you know, like Julian said the most Priesty. um Halford would go on and do this song in his solo set in the early 2000s and then Priest actually did it on the Epitaph tour. So it's I you know even they agreed that it was the most priesty so that's my favorite too. The worst one in my opinion on here is Dying to Meet You. I I do not like this song. Um, it's just boring and weird to me, and I'm not a fan of baritone Rob Halford on a ballad. You know, yeah. Amen this morning. Yeah, it's like no, and like it's weird because you know I'm also a giant Thin Lizzy fan, and they were they kind of charted a similar path where they were doing kind of like a well, Lizzie was folky at first, but then they got kind of like jazzy and slow on certain albums in the early days before they kind of found their sound, just like Priest did. But Lizzie pulled it off, and I don't think Priest did on a lot of their ballads in the early days. I, there, I will make exceptions later on, but... This song is just like, ugh, this is an instant skip for me. Never have been a fan of it.
4: I like it when it kicks into Hero Hero. first part of the song is kind of weird, but then it's like, because it's it's two songs on one track. It's on track nine, but when it kicks into Hero Hero, that's one of the four songs I really like on here. I also dig the opening track on the album, One for the Road, I think is pretty killer. And the title track, Rockarolla, is one of my favorite pre-songs too. So I think four strong tracks off of this one. The rest of them... Still okay, nothing horrible. I guess if I was gonna pick a worst one, the one that I don't like is the whole winter deep freeze winter retreat thing.
0: I actually like that one, <laughs> but
4: there's some cool parts in it. But again, you're talking about like prog rock.
0: Yeah, it is. This prom-y. is
4: this is four tracks and really kind of one song that changes. I mean, it it it's weird. It's weird, but it's still cool. Like I said, there's nothing
1: on here I hate. That's funny because I I wrote, you know, for Winter, you know, Artie, the first real taste of Rob's capabilities on the album vocally. Deep Freeze, nice drums. Sorry, Chris. (laughs) Uh, You know, I never understood why it was split off from the preceding track. And then, you know, I I completely agree. Winter Retreat is is my least favorite on this album. It's just more Artie. It doesn't have any context of why it exists yeah. there so therefore it's the, like the weakest link and once it gets to the acoustic section i keep expecting to hear getty lee it's just like setting itself That's up to fair. be a rush yeah. song from there so uh, totally. going back to dying to meet you in hero hero i adore that it's like metallica's one 16 years before they did that i mean it, it's the same kind of story of the war and the the damage and the injury to the human being. So I've I have always dug that one. Uh, so, you know, I, I think there's like, you know, I'm probably with Aaron. There's four real keepers mm-hmm. off this album. But production-wise, I think you have to have the right pressing. I had a bunch. I had like a Gull LP back in the day. I had the RCA American one uh, with like the, the gremlin yeah. riding the bomb and all that. And they all yeah. sounded like garbage. I finally got the Japanese Victor CD. And the clarity is just stunning, and it really does yeah. offset some of the negative aspects of that production. Which you know, if it, if this album had sounded like the first Black Sabbath album, well, it would have also needed that quality of material as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that and that's the that's a big difference in the two albums. But yeah, they're, I'm going to have to go find that Japanese pressing. So thanks, Julian. You're going to make me spend more money. <laughs> All right, shall we move on to Sad Wings of Destiny? Yeah. All right. Um, I guess I'll go first. This came out in 1976. Uh took a whole year off between albums, which is interesting. Um This album has uh grown in stature with me over the over time. Um love the one of maybe my favorite Judas Priest album cover. It's a yeah. great cover. Um just a great song and Man, the uh, the one-two punch of the opening of this record is one of the best there is. Uh, to have uh, Victim of Changes open the record and then go into the Ripper, that's just, yeah, yeah. That's, that's just an, amazing, an amazing thing. They had another dr- different drummer on this album. They had uh, Alan Moore, and this would be his only album. This was released March of 1976, also on Gull Records. Uh I don't have much bad to say about this one. I think, uh, I think it's an amazing record. As I said, I've grown to love it more and more over the years. I'll go ahead and pick my best off this one. It's very difficult between to choose between this and Victim of Changes. Um, but I would go with The Ripper as my favorite song on this album, and uh, it almost feels like the birth of thrash metal the way it's it's kind of set up and uh, with all the time signature changes which that would kind of become a hallmark of thrash metal. Like you can tell the guys in Megadeth and Metallica and all those bands grew up listening to oh, this yeah. stuff. It's just, you you can hear it. Um, Halford's dramatic vocals, the spooky guitar parts and the backing vocals. The backing vocals is almost like 70s horror movie kind of. It, it's almost, in, you know, uh, atmospheric the way. I love that part of this song. And then, you know, what's more metal than writing a song about Jack the Ripper? You know, <laughs> it's, it's. uh. It's this, like almost horror metal and uh Halford's vocal is just insane. Uh, yeah the Ripper is definitely my favorite song in this one.
2: am
4: There's really nothing on here that I don't like. I mean, if I guess if I had to pick a worst off here, maybe maybe Epitaph. But, I mean, golly. I mean, Victim of Changes, The Ripper, Dreamer, Deceiver. That'd be mine. Tyrant, Genocide, Island of Domination. I love all these songs. This is probably favorite Judas Priest album of all time. I love this one a lot. Um... Yeah, it's tough. I love The Ripper too. But I'm going to go with Victim of Changes. I mean, that song is just that's a 10 right there. I mean, so so is The Ripper, you know, and so is some of these other songs, but yeah, those two are 10s for sure. Tied either way, I'll give the edge to Victim of Changes. I just love that song so much. Changes. Changes.
1: Here we go. I've got a real problem with Sad Wings of Destiny. Take your album, flip it over. Look at the credits, uh, the track sequence. Does, does it start with Victim of Changes? Yeah. On all the original pressings, it does not.
0: Will it start with The Ripper?
1: Hmm. No, they, fl- they flipped it around. It's a, it's a concept uh, album. Uh, it starts with Prelude, goes to Tyrant Genocide Epitaph, island domination then your b-side starts with victim of changes i think this is a concept wow. album oh. i think they made an error in manufacturing and your b-side became your a-side and vice versa and once you listen to it in the correct order which i resequenced mine on uh, on the cd it makes sense wow the, uh, it, it tells a story
4: yeah, even looking at the track listing on here, and I never even thought about that before, that makes total sense. Why would Prelude be the beginning of Side B? Prelude should be the album introduction, right?
1: Exactly. I never... Makes perfect sense. And why would you lead off an album with Victim of Changes? Yeah, it's a fantastic song. I mean, come on. Um, but it makes no sense as track one... To, to start off an album wow. with a nearly eight-minute song.
0: <laughs> it's true. It, it's more of a midpoint of an album song.
1: Yeah, you need something to build to, which the whole first side does. Now, getting to my favorite, um, The Ripper, without a doubt. I mean, you get all the elements that you expect from Priest distilled down into one sub-three-minute raging slab of Birmingham grit, or Midlands yeah, grit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the vocal on this one, I love Rob's voice. Yeah. And just the way he sings it and some of like the stabbing vocal well jack the ripper stabbing (laughs) vocals there you go and the guitars and the drums and the bass um there's like elements on this song you get like the flanging and tremolo from the guitar that they used a lot on winter on the previous album but now it has a meaning now it fits into a song and isn't just like you know guitar wankery nice yeah
0: Wow, I'm going to totally go back and listen to this the way you just talked about, because that sounds – never really thought about listening to it that way, and I bet a bunch of our listeners are going to be doing the same thing.
1: Think of it as a concept album. You know about evil. You, I mean, the prelude. You know, is is oh god, I, Paul Stanley in my head declaring. Now it gets rough after the end of prelude because <laughs> he goes straight to tyrant, and then you, you talk about like the the evil guy sins and genocide, and then where is it? Where is it happening? It's happening on the island of domination. Then you yeah. get the victim of changes. So it to me, and, and maybe you know, I, I just drink, been drinking a bit too much vodka that night, but it seemed to make sense. No, it's
0: a, yeah, and yeah, I was. I picked Epitaph also is the worst, but it's I still like it though. Um, it's it's good, but uh, it's kind of it it has a Queen sound to it. Like I, I I hear a little bit of Queen in certain things on these early records, yeah. and I wonder. I think they were I think they were an influence on them, and I'll, there was a they were a direct influence on a song I'll talk about on another album. But uh yeah, I, I would pick that worst, but like this is. I mean, once you get past the first one, I think they're they're like basically perfect albums without maybe a maybe a weird one here and there. But I never, I really don't skip anything after that.
1: Yeah, Epitaph sounds unfinished. It's my least favorite on the album. It sounds like Rob trying to do Freddie. It's operatic. It's very queenish with the piano and the vocal, the harmonies. But it sounds like Bohemian without the rhapsody. You just <laughs> no budget priest you know so there, there's a there's a difference you know that they didn't quite have Freddie Mercury's uh, artistic vision of how to do things in the studio and they certainly didn't have any budget to be recording it so only for that reason it feeling unfinished unrealized is it my least favorite
0: yeah alright
4: and the cover is one of the coolest album covers of any band ever I think
0: yeah I've always wanted to have like a like a frame print of the, the painting of that cover. You should get a full it. back
1: tattoo of
4: it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My wife would Did love that. Did you
1: see the uh, the new 3D cover that came out for Record Store mm-hmm. Day? It was like uh, kind of embossed with texture. Wow. Really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that was great. And I think that somebody put up either maybe it was from that, or somebody created a 3D holographic image online that you could look at. Right on. Neat. So that brings us to April of 1977, and Sin After Sin comes out first. This is kind of their major label debut because they're not on Gull anymore; they're on Columbia, and uh, produced by Deep Purple bassist Roger Glover, and uh, their only album to feature drummer Simon Phillips, who is a, a yeah. great drummer. Um, the, the, I'm sure you guys know the story about Roger Glover getting brought in on this; like they were gonna they were gonna produce this themselves, and columbia finally heard like the rough mixes and freaked out and and flew roger glover like literally overnight to to work on the record and save it
1: he failed oh you don't like this one this this album sounds like garbage you know even when i was 14 years old listening to and i'm like this sounds like junk i mean Mm -hmm. the production is absolutely horrible than the quality versions of the previous two albums to my ear I, i think it's flat it's muddy it has absolutely no separation or sonic brightness throughout. It's just, it it has no definition. Hmm.
4: It is a little flat compared to the first two. I agree with that. It doesn't have the brightness musically, I guess, sonically, as the first two albums have. And not quite as good as the first two albums, I don't think. I mean, there's four songs on here that I love, that I think by pre-standards are eights nines and tens but overall hmm, there's some weaker spots on this album too so i'm gonna say my least favorite on here probably oh man i don't know it's kind of a toss-up i'll go with here come the tears as my least favorite and my favorite off of sin after sin which i love sinner i love starbreaker i really love dissident aggressor that's one of my all-time favorite priest songs but you just can't mess with that cover man and i never knew it was a cover when i was a kid or when i was when i first heard this i had no idea it was a cover but so awesome diamonds and rust that's my favorite off of here
0: Beautiful Julian on this record, I for, and it, I mean from a production standpoint, it probably is worse as far as like the dynamics being missing and stuff. But I don't know that the the production of this record has a charm to it to me, where I just I think it makes maybe and it's probably because of the great songs on it. But I just like the way that it all came together, and uh, obviously they didn't they didn't like it because they didn't go with Roger Glover again after this. But I um. But yeah, I, I like the production myself, but as far as the songs, oh shit. I mean, this, this album is great, but, uh, Diamonds and Rust, that, that's the, that's, that was almost my pick, but I, I, you know, and this could change by the week, but as of now, I still think my all time favorite Judas Priest song of all eras is Dissident Aggressor. I just love that song. So that's uh that's an easy pick for my favorite and. For my last favorite, it it was kind of a toss up between Last Rose of Summer and this one, but I went with this one just because Last Rose of Summer is a better written song. I went with Raw Deal. I am not a fan of this one. And honestly, it sounds like it could have fit on Rock A Roll to me. It, it, It has the same type of song construction. And, you know, even well, with the production on that one, it just doesn't sound that great. It just sounds kind of bland and boring, but, you know, an Aggressor, Sinner, Diamonds and Rust, Starbreaker. Good God. And then uh you know, I I don't mind Here Come the Tears. I think it's pretty good. But uh yeah, those are my picks. What about you, Julian?
1: Yeah. What you just said about Roar Dale, I I wrote murky meandering morass <laughs> yeah. about that melody not conducive to headbanging or sing along. And uh, yeah. uh, uh, uh but it's not. Um you know, first, you know, i bashed the production, but I love the cover art. That is yeah. That is great artwork for an album. It really does do a good job of giving you an idea of what you're about to listen to. But favorite... Um, I'm with you Dissident Aggressor and then the fact that this song won a Grammy 33 years later says all that needs to be said about that song even with the rubbish production here it still stands far apart from everything else on this album it's pure priest it's got a seething vocal scorching guitars clinical drums pulsating bass yeah (laughs) Favorite, and I'll probably take some flack, Diamonds and Rust.
0: Wow. What?
1: Uh, Yep. Um, I love this song. And give me the version that they recorded two years before for Sad Wings of Destiny, which is a bonus track on one of those reissues. Because of the production and because the interpretation is better. Um, And what do I mean by that? There's a better galloping feel to the song on the earlier recording than here. Here it loses that flow. No, um, agree. and, and it, and it's, and it's not all because of the production is because of the uh, performance is completely different. The feel has changed in two years. Wow. We're on opposite.
0: I'll agree with that. I've
4: got that CD with them bonus tracks on there. And that 75 version of that song is way better. No,
0: I totally disagree with both of you on this. I, the one on sin after sin is just, is huh. classic. I don't, I don't, it's way better than the one from two years before, in my opinion. You think so? I don't know. Ah, that's a great song.
4: It is a great song. And it's wild that, I mean, when Priest does a cover like that, I mean, Joan Baez, <laughs> what metal band is doing Joan Baez covers and making them
0: awesome, you know? That's crazy. Yeah, I went back to try to listen to the Joan Baez version when I first got into this one, and I was like, oh, never mind. I'll just stick with the Judas Priest version. But, uh... No i yeah amazing record uh so let's uh move on to well, did we all pick our our best and worst yeah okay, uh-huh, all right, let's move on to stained class,
4: aha, my very number one favorite Judas priest album of all time, wow,
0: and why is it everything why is it your favorite oh, the
4: songs the The plethora of amazing songs. It's a perfect album. There's not a song on here I don't like. Um, for the worst on my sheet here. I've got a question mark <laughs> <laughs> because there's nothing bad on here. Every song on here is badass. Um oh man, I don't even it would be it's so difficult for me to pick a best one because I love them all. Um just I love everything about this song. Which I could say that about everything on here, but this one I think just stands a hair above the rest in my heart. This was a song that made me go, okay, I am in on Priest. I am totally in on this band now. And it's Saints in Hell. like I said everything's amazing you know most bands never write a song as good as the worst song on Stained Class
0: yeah well it's this is like the one where it all came together you know you had the songs were there the sound with the production was certainly there and you, plus you got Les Banks playing drums and yeah he's an amazing drummer but uh this is the it's the most complete album of that period I think and uh and before they started kind of leaning commercial after this so um, interesting pick on Saints in Hell. Um, they, they actually played that when I saw them live a couple of years or a year or so ago. And that one, that was a shock. I don't think anybody was expecting to hear that one. Um, as far as uh, my favorite on this one, this was hard to choose one because and for worse i picked invader just because i had to pick one but i like it i think it's great
4: i love that song
0: <laughs> i know i do too but i'm like do i have to pick one um yeah the best for me is exciter i just it's such a such a great song and uh i kind of view it as the evil version of communication breakdown <laughs> you know that's what it, it's uh halford's got the high vocals it's got the up-tempo thing the, the solo on this song is amazing and then, of course, Les Binks drumming at the beginning of the song. You're kind of like, "Oh, well, this is a new era of the band starting up." And uh, yeah, I just this is a complete album. I have no complaints about Stained Class at all. <laughs>
1: I agree with Aaron, you know, yeah. that, that Somehow I didn't think I was going to agree with Chris. That so just seems to be how this discussion has been going <laughs> with our di- with our differing tastes here. Um, this is the album with the best drums yes. of any yeah. pre-1980 Priest album. And the production finally makes Priest what they ought to be in my mind. In my head, it's the best Judas Priest album, hands down. It is to Priest what Power Age is to ACDC yep. for wow. me. just the album where it all comes together there is not a bad song on the album the album art is iconic the the band's logo is used for the first time on an album um it's just absolutely fantastic from exciter onwards you know exciter come on the gauntlet's thrown down yeah wow but my favorite is the title track it is just again i've used the word a couple of times scorching it's blending tons of different elements into one song great range of vocal uh, on the spectrum of where rob can sing he's singing all over the place um you just end up saying how the hell did he sing that and you then say the same about the guitars because ken and glenn are now a single guitar playing a ton of different notes and style. And I love all like the grand elements and the kind of the effects and the solo. This is the song with just one of the very, very best solos for me.
0: I think there's like there's some you know hidden gems that you don't really hear about much like savage and heroes end i think both of those songs are you know i could i'd love to hear i you know i I just some of the deep tracks from judas priest during the 70s are some of the best deep tracks of any like classic band you'll find you know it's like
1: isn't that absolutely incredible? And then, of yes. course, you've got the song that calls them all the trouble years yeah, later, the "Spooky Tooth" by you, by uh, the the Spooky Tooth yeah. color. I cannot listen to that song without grabbing my guitar and playing along to
0: oh, it. Oh, it's great!
1: It doesn't make me want to grab a gun; it makes me want to grab a guitar. <laughs> right, and that is yeah. that is a fantastic song.
0: Yeah, At, uh, yeah. There's there's nothing bad about this album. I'd, I'd be surprised in the comments after this comes out if we're going to hear anyone hating on this record.
4: I don't see how. If you love rock and metal, this is an album that everybody should have and listen to on the regular, I think. I'm no doctor,
1: but I recommend it. (laughs) Yeah, so my my least favorite, and my notes say I don't want to pick one. Um, (laughs) But since I have to pick a least favorite, I'm going with Hero's End, and that's simply because it's the last track on the album, and I'm exhausted by listening to the album musically by this point.
0: Not, not much condemnation for that one. <laughs>
4: no, I guess I'm going to agree with Julian. If I have to have to pick a worst one, which, like you said, like everybody said, there isn't one, I guess I'll go with Hero's End 2. I love that song. Because I love Invader. I mean, even White Heat, Red Hot, yeah, that's great. not one everybody says, oh, Matt Priest song, but killer, just killer. All right. Love so it.
0: Got, got one left to go, and that is what... You, it depends on what you want to call it. It's either Killing Machine or Hellbent for Leather. I always thought Killing Machine sounded cooler. Um, came out October 9th, 1978 on Columbia. And uh, by all accounts, most people think this is kind of when they started going commercial. Because the image image changed. Some of the songs were a little bit more accessible. Although I think all the songs on this one are great too. Um, may, this album might be a tad too long. That would, might be my only complaint. Because I thought that... Uh, stained class was perfect in the tight you know track listing it had but uh this is a this is a iconic album and geez trying to pick a a worst on this one was almost impossible too uh the although it i can i'll tell you i can it, it was an obvious choice once i really thought about it i'll tell you why the my worst on this one was take on the world me too for a couple reasons, uh, well, for one thing, it, in a positive light, it, it was kind of ahead of its time because it's a gang vocal anthem, and there weren't a, I mean, other than Kiss, that there wasn't a lot of people doing those types of songs back then. Um, but I the, I don't like it because it sound this is where the Queen influence comes in directly because yeah. we, we Will Rock You came out a year before this, and I have a feeling they were like, we need a We Will Rock You, so they wrote Take on the World. Put
2: yourself in-
0: It sounds like they wrote it for sporting events. And uh, my best, this was almost a tie because the, the Helmet for Leather is an amazing song, but uh, I went with delivering the goods. the,
2: mm. ah, the goods!
0: love this song i love the tempo change that goes into the chorus and it starts grooving and i got turned on to that but thanks to skid row with halford uh covering that song live on the besides ourselves ep yep. um but uh, yeah delivering the goods is my favorite and my least favorite is take on the world for sure
4: yeah i'm gonna agree with you there take on the world you i think you nailed it yeah it was kind of uh this would be great at soccer games kind of yeah. thing <laughs> but Another one on here I was not a big fan of, I guess, is uh, Evening Star. But I mean, everything else on the album I love. Maybe burning up a little bit on the less. But as far as songs, I mean, Hellbent for Leather, I think probably, maybe, was the very first used priest song I ever heard. I think it was on one of those like metal collection cassette tapes of the. where uh, it was all different bands. I think that was probably yeah. the first priest song I ever heard. And that one is. I mean, that's amazing, iconic. Um, Rock Forever, I love, love the vocals on that song, man. That, it just, every one of these albums, every one of these songs, I mean, you say it about every single every single one, even the ones we don't like as much as the others. Rob Halford is, without a doubt, one of the greatest metal vocalists, vocalist period of any lifetime that has ever lived on this earth i mean just unbelievable the stuff he does the cover the green manalishi with the two prong crown awesome so awesome Cause you're the green was a Fleetwood Mac song and then I like went back to try to find and see what the original sounded like is like no uh uh-uh this is a pre-song now
0: yeah they perfected it
4: you've lost your rights to it (laughs) no I mean that's so good that song is amazing and I don't even know what it's about but it's so good I I got seven songs I can't live without on this one and I agree with Chris the number one best song on here is without doubt delivering the
1: goods Green Man leashy they made their own just like Diamonds and Rust, but it should not yeah, have been on the album, right. and it wasn't on the British version, so right. I, I don't bring that one in. I agree with both of you on Take on the World. It's just such a blatant attempt to rip off. We are the <laughs> champions and we will rock you in one song, pre-style. Um, I will say, though, it is still tons better than Red, White, and Puke or Heart of a Lion um, in, in in terms of those anthems that they try to do every now and then. Yeah. Um Before the dawn. Gorgeous. Love it. Um, Evening Star, it was mentioned. I used to hate that song because it's so syrupy and overly positive, and I need more anger and less happy, but that's just me. Um, Favorite Hell Bent for Leather. Grab that Harley, crack that whip, rub that throttle, hit the road, and crank the music.
0: Just so fucking amazing.
1: Just one of those riffs. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I could do that one more justice on the guitar because I can't play along with that. <laughs> so I, I love that song. But there's so much on this album that is good. I think it suffers because it's packaged, it's sandwiched in between stained Class and British steel, so it kind of gets overlooked. But the drums, again, this is the second album with Binks. Uh, he beats the hell out of that kit. I mean, it's 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 almost like Judas Priest, creatures of the night, with those bombastic drums. Absolutely, yeah, fantastic. really yeah. good album.
4: Another one's off here. I like wow. uh, I like Evil Fantasies. I think it's pretty cool. I do too. I like the way he sings it. He's kind of got more of a, like a growl to his voice. He always same It's almost like Rob Halford singing in a Gene Simmons style.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have I have a theory that he was loaded when he recorded that vocal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he's really just going for it. Yeah,
4: this is the stuff I love. This is the Judas Priest that I just would never want to live without. I always remember my Uncle Bruce telling me the story about when he stopped being a Kiss fan. It was because... He's seen Priest opening for Kiss, and that was the end. All of a sudden, Kiss wasn't that cool anymore, but Priest sure was, you know? So Judas Priest, man, changed a lot of lives in the 70s and put out some of the best music of their career, the best music in rock and roll history. These first five albums, it's hard to find a band with a run of albums that are that
0: good. Yeah, definitely. I um I don't know. They like I, I feel like we weren't as critical as we should have been, but it's kind of hard to be when you're looking at this material.
1: Yeah. No, there, there simply is not that much to pick apart. I mean, there are a few things, and, you know, Sin After Sin, I love Let Us Pray, but I would love to hear Scott Travis do the drums on there oh, yeah. with, his, with his double yeah. bass, because there are some songs that could be reinterpreted and really, you know, kick even more ass. So there's so little here, it's easy to d- pick apart little things, but come on, this is the foundation of priest. Yeah. and what a strong foundation mm-hmm. they had.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to hear the listeners uh, say what they're best and worst of in the comments.
1: And maybe if you're not real familiar with this
4: early priest stuff, maybe today we helped you to find a spot to start and get yourselves in on it, because if you're not listening to this stuff you're missing out on something pretty amazing and you got three super cool dudes right here telling you it's true you
1: got to have this stuff
0: yeah and uh, and julian thanks for being a part of this uh, do you want to go ahead and plug away on all this cool stuff you're working on
1: Yeah, sure. Well, thanks again, guys. You know, it's nice just to get to hang out with both of you and talk music. What am I working on? I am trying to finish Aerosmith on tour, 1973 to 85, their classic era. Talk about a run of albums. What a run of albums they put out, you know, in the Mm -hmm. 70s. And just like the stuff I've done with Def Leppard and Kiss, it's touring history. So it's contemporary reviews from hopefully people's necks of the wood um, that give a view of how the band was perceived um at, at the time, I just love trying to put these tour histories together because it just keeps me in the library that 's all i 'm working on I'm not doing any kiss stuff anymore that 's all done
0: but you st- you're still doing the and you 're doing the look it 's rock and roll and the kiss f a q podcast
1: yeah we we still do the look it 's rock and roll podcast when we have the urge to talk about uh some different music than kiss we still do the the kiss f a q podcast uh nearly every week uh, we we're, we're kind of splitting our time now between the two so uh You know, I'm finding I have a little bit more time to listen to other people's shows as well. So that's nice. Very cool. Right on.
4: You ever consider doing a Judas Priest book?
1: No, 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 no interest on that level with that band. There's only one other band I've ever thought about doing a book on, and that was Wasp.
0: Oh, I'd read that.
1: Ah, that would be cool, too.
0: Well, I, I'm excited to, to read the uh, the Aerosmith one. You'll have to come back on the show to promote the book because, uh, yeah, we I I love talk, especially the early Aerosmith. That's great stuff.
1: Yes. I love me Aerosmith. Always did. Again, same same kind of story, but you know, we'll save that for a, a different time. Okay.
4: Well, Merry Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. Whatever you're doing this time of year, I hope you're enjoying it with your family and with the people you love. We got to hang out today with our awesome friend Julian Gill. What a Christmas time treat that is. And uh, yeah, so love you some early Judas Priest. Get out there, check it out. Become a Decibel Geek VIP at patreon.com. Check us out on the YouTube. Yeah, I'm talking about Decibel Geek TV with Rock and Ron Runyon. For our New Year's Eve celebration, you can join us live on our Facebook and on Decibel Geek TV. So I guess we'll see you then. And otherwise, I guess uh, yeah, that's it. We'll see you next week.
0: Happy Holidays Ba uh, Humbug.